Hi, this is John Keckley. I'm a project manager and program manager in Centric Consulting, and this is the second in our podcast series discussing trending topics in technology and business. In this podcast, I'll be talking with my colleague Carmen Fontana about artificial intelligence in business. Thanks for listening. So, Carmen, tell me more about yourself. I'm Carmen Fontana. I'm the cloud and AI practice lead here at Centric. Uh, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. Outside of work, uh, with my very scarce free time, I, I love to travel with my husband and sons. And I'm a runner. I like to read and try to do jigsaw puzzles, too, to keep the brain fresh. You moved into into this role, and you've been working on a project with AI. At least that's what I understand. So tell me about it. How did you get involved with it? What, what's it like? So I'm working on a project. Uh, we're calling it the Employee Attrition Project. And the premise of this project is really how can we leverage machine learning to analyze employee patterns of behavior and ultimately predict which employees are most likely to leave your organization? And really, you know, the, the true motivator for this project was, you know, we were seeing it both in ourselves, but with also with our clients and the unemployment rates painfully low, painfully low if you're an employer, uh, probably good if you're a, a candidate on the market. But it's, it's really hard right now to attract and retain the best talent just because there's so much competition. And so being able to have a smart, intelligent way to identify potential hotspots in your organization, um, allowing you to be more proactive about some of your human resources practices, it goes a long way and it's a business driver in, in this job market. Okay. Well, that does sound exciting. So was this something, are we doing this for a client or is this something that we're doing internal to Centric right now? Yeah, so we started out as a proof of concept doing it, uh, practicing what we preached and did it within, on ourselves and saw that there was certainly some legs to it. But we wanted to apply the concepts that we learned from doing it internally on some different data sets. Um, organizations that have much higher turnover rates than we do at Centric. We're kind of blessed here that we have pretty low turnover rates. But uh, some of our clients have major pain points, you know, 20, 25% turnover. Um, so we have two different clients we're working with right now. Both work um, in industries where they need skilled workers, but there's a lot of competition for those skilled workers. So we're hoping that this project will allow them to figure out, you know, the best type of people to hire, but also how to make, retain those uh, top hires. All right. And just to go a little bit deeper in it, because you, you've got me intrigued, how is AI different in a case like this than sort of typical data analytics? Because it sounds like a data yeah. problem, right? But how, is, oh, yeah, how does AI make it different? Yeah, and, you know, that's one of the questions we we get was managers say, I know which one of my employees are going to leave. And I, I always say, you probably do, because most good managers – they know their employees, they're talking to their employees, they have a good sense of which employees are most likely to leave their organization. But that doesn't scale real well. And so that's where machine learning is really helpful. You know the six people on your team, but you don't know the 6,000 people within your organization and their propensity to leave. Um, and the difference between predictive modeling, machine learning versus traditional analytics is traditional analytics tends to be uh, retrospective. So looking back at what happened in the past. And certainly there's an element of that with machine learning. You need to see what happened in the past so you can learn from it. Um, but really machine learning is looking forward. So, hey, let's learn from the past, but then let's apply it to the future. So let's take our current employees and predict what they're going to do in the future. And I think that's really a differentiator between traditional analytics and predictive modeling. Okay, cool. That starts to uh, put some shape around it. I like that. Uh, so let's break it down a little bit more. When people talk about AI or machine learning in business, are they talking about, you know, 
is it really one thing you know that we're just seeing in a lot of different applications? Is it three different things? Is it ten? It's a very common question because there is so much terminology and it it kind of all bleeds together and it, it it's complicated um, and because there are so many terms. But honestly, at the end of the day, it's it's pretty straightforward. Artificial intelligence or AI, um, it's kind of become a really generic catch-all term for just intelligent technology. So that intelligent technology might be image recognition, natural language processing, you know, common applications you might see as uh, your self-driving cars or Siri or Alexa. You know, those are applications of artificial intelligence, intelligent technology. Another word which I've already dropped is machine learning. And machine learning is kind of the engine that makes artificial intelligence run. It's uh, the brain behind it. So you'll hear that word a lot of times machine learning and AI are used interchangeably. Uh, I try not to get fussy about terminology because it, at the end of the day, it's about that intelligence. One other term you might hear a lot, um, it's become very popular, is deep learning. And I, I say deep learning is uh, machine learning with more sophisticated math. I say that a little bit <laughs> facetiously. Uh, right. There is certainly more, a lot more math involved, but um, deep learning is is a really important development in this space because it allows us to do really complicated things uh, that just really weren't possible before. And when I say complicated things, you know, the image recognition, the national language processing, that's fueled by deep learning. So uh, deep learning, machine learning, that's the engine, artificial. Artificial intelligence, that's just a generic word that uh, is used in this space. So, so AI is really big right now. Uh, we're seeing it discussed as a potential solution for a lot of different business problems. Uh, where do you see it having the biggest potential? And, and are, do you see any areas where you don't see it playing much of a role? So there's a lot of excitement, a lot of case studies around how machine learning AI is used in the consumer space. So, for instance, Netflix. Uh, they use machine learning to predict which movies you w might want to watch. Uh, one of my favorite machine learning applications, Stitch Fix, uh, it helps you predict which clothing that you might want to buy. Um, so those are really fun, exciting consumer applications. But where I really see the biggest potential is in the kind of the non-glamorous stuff that businesses need to do every day to run better. One huge explosion area is using AI for predictive maintenance. So think factory floors, think uh, solar panels out in the desert. Companies spend a lot of money in the repair cycle. And so being able to predict, predict ahead of time what's going to fail allows them to be smarter about fixing things, but also ordering replacements, things of that nature. So certainly not glamorous, but a huge impact to the bottom line. We've you know, seen it in our space. You know, Once again, talking about practice, what we preach, we use machine learning to help us staff our projects smarter. And we saw a huge uh, improvement in how we run our business. I think that's where companies are going to see, realize the biggest value is when they apply it to some of the business processes that really drive how they work and go forward. That's a great summary there. But do you see places where you don't see it playing much of a role or just doesn't quite yeah, fit? That's a, a great question. You know, people are always worried about uh, are the robots going to take all my jobs? And the answer is, they are going to take some of your, our jobs. There are jobs that are going to be eliminated or at least reduced by this technology, you know, whether it's truck drivers because of autonomous vehicles or if it's radiologists, the doctors who read CT scans because the technology can do it as well as they do. Certainly, there's going to be impact in those areas. But the places where we as humans really exceed and uh, I, I just don't see the computers catching up in, you know, are those jobs that require creativity, uh, empathy, uh, very nuanced communications? 
that's where humans are going to outpace the robots uh, for, for a very long time. And so I think uh, organizations, um, if they can use the AI to optimize business processes and then really lean into where they can provide value through creativity, empathy, communication, et cetera, those are the ones that are going to be the most successful. Right. And I can see a risk there, a company going a little too far in AI and, and automating things that take out the, the creativity and human nuance and uh, having to come back, come back on that. So what advice would you give to an organization that's asking themselves about using AI? Well, the first thing I would say is it's coming. It's coming hard and fast. So if you're not thinking about AI right now, you need to get on that. Um, AI is real and it's, uh, you know, there's been certainly hype cycles around AI in the past. This time, this time it's real. It's happening. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I would recommend if a company is new to AI, which many companies are, it's totally fine, is pick an area of your business where you can focus, um, where you can do proof of concept, where you can build out understanding of AI as well as confidence and comfort and familiarity with it. Use that and then figure out, okay, where else can I use this in my business and let that snowball? Well, where do you see the biggest challenges an organization would face in trying to make use of it? Well, there's certainly a lack of AI uh, skilled professionals out there. So just being able to find the technical knowledge is, is difficult. In our case, you know, a lot of our partners come to us to leverage us for those pieces. But we also recommend that companies um, have that AI knowledge both in-house as well as with partners. And because it is a fundamental, it's going to become a fundamental piece of your business. Um, I'd say the other piece, which is equally as important as the technology, is you really spend time thinking about the people. Um, right, right. There is a amount of uh, trepidation about uh, artificial intelligence, uh, rightfully so, really. Um, and your organization needs to brace for that change. It's going to be, if it's not done well, it'll be abrasive and it's going to be painful. But if it's done well, um, there'll still be nerves, but you can do it in a way that's sympathetic and knowledgeable about the humans that work with you. Great. Uh, so you started touching on the technology there. Uh, great lead into the next question. Are we at the point of seeing package solutions for AI or machine learning, or is it all pretty much homegrown stuff at this point? What we're seeing right now with the explosion of AI is because AI is becoming way more accessible. So I actually got in the space uh, late 90s. My senior project in college was, in true college project fashion, very niche, but uh, building a machine learning model to model climate change in uh, the former Soviet Union. So it was a bit ahead of its time. Unfortunately, we weren't talking about uh, climate change back then and certainly weren't talking about Russia. Maybe we should have been. And we didn't even use the word machine learning. But at that time, it was very difficult to do this predictive modeling. We didn't have the compute power and to do the complicated calculations that are required. Um, and it required a deep level of data science knowledge. Fast forward to today, we have the cloud, which allows us to scale very quickly, um, add a ton of compute power, so we can run our algorithms and be done with it. But we also have these prepackaged solutions that do the natural language processing, that do the image recognition for us. And so we don't even have to be a data scientist to do that. Um, so AWS, Amazon Web Services, Microsoft, Google, they all have these built-in uh, cognitive services that can really uh, be applied to your existing applications in a pretty painless manner. Cool. Uh, what, do any really stand out right now? You talked about a bunch of different packages. Any that stand out as a, a leader or something to watch? 
Yeah, you know, AWS and Azure have really run out in front of the, the crowd in terms of, of their dominance of the cloud space and thus their dominance of making AI accessible to the masses. Um, we are seeing Google make a, a pretty big effort in that space. Uh, they're not quite the same level as those two, but of course, Google is Google. They got a lot of smart people there. They've been working in the AI space internally for a very long time. So once they start leveraging that to uh, externally for other people to use, I certainly see them as being a player along with Microsoft and Amazon. Okay. And I, and just relating, I think, to what it takes for an organization to deploy it, you sort of mentioned a couple things. I can see a lot of, there are a number of complementary disciplines. Obviously, big data is uh, is a necessary part of this. Change management comes in. Do you see any other significant uh, disciplines that need to be tied in and, and also need to be successful? Yeah, well, you know, you, you nailed two of the most important ones, data and analytics. These algorithms run on data. And the more data you have, the smarter they are. So data and analytics is a natural partner with artificial intelligence. Change management, we already kind of talked about that. Uh, this is a big change. Um, it is a change in how we work. So making sure we have emphasis on the people is so important. You know, we talked about the technology, we talked about the people. I'd also throw in the process. So, you know, we, we used the example earlier about predicting equipment failures. So we have the technology to predict the failures, but you still have to have a process in place once you have that prediction. How are you going to service that in a timely manner? How are you going to apply that to your supply chain and make sure you have the parts on time? So it certainly is an integrated model uh, AI between people, process, and technology. And then you talked a little earlier about, you know, some of the jobs, certain sorts of jobs will will be displaced or certainly change significantly uh, based on AI. Well, do you see any particular sorts of jobs that, that AI will create? Yeah, well, especially we're already seeing tons and tons of technology jobs being created by AI. And that's just not computer scientists. We're seeing a lot of uh, opportunities for statisticians, mathematicians, um, people of you know, that background. So technology is an obvious choice. Some of the other interesting places where I think AI is gonna create jobs is in the legal and ethics side. So uh, right now, probably our techno technology is a little bit out ahead of our understanding of its impact. And um, we've certainly right. seen that in the news in many cases. But you know, if one of these self-driving cars has an accident and somebody's hurt, who's liable? Um, right. We don't necessarily have that all figured out right now. So that is where the legal piece is, is super important, as well as the ethics piece. It is one thing when a person does something to another person, but what, if a robot does something to a person, what does that mean? Um, so I, I see that as an area that's really going to expand over the coming years. Random sort of question that comes to my mind from that is, you know, our country and our society generally drives technology pretty much as fast and as far as it'll go. That's kind of who we are. But, you know, at some point, do, do you wonder about what might trigger a backlash against AI? I don't even know if you could corral it, right? It's so, but, but can you imagine a backlash to it? Yeah, and I think you were spot on when you say we embrace technology here in the United States and we want it to succeed, which is, it is great. There are some really great reasons why we want to do that. But sometimes we get out too far ahead of ourselves. Social media is a perfect example. That's not a newer technology. You know, it's, it's been around for five, six, seven years, but we're just now understanding the impact of social media. Um, you know, there's lots of talk about social media and our mental health and our physical health. But we've also seen that social media can be weaponized by uh, bad foreign players. 
So we're just now figuring out what social media is good and bad for. So I worry with artificial intelligence that right now we're in the rah-rah stage where everything AI is good. And maybe in five or six years, we're going to have that oh crap moment where we're like, why didn't we think about this uh, back at its inception? Mm -hmm. So it's clear that you're super excited to be working on AI and you make me want to go join your team. Um, do you have any openings? <laughs> but, we uh, we have many openings. We're always hiring. So uh, send me your resume. All right. Uh, but what about AI excites you the most? You know, I think for me, it's the potential to solve problems that are going to help humanity. You know, we've certainly focused on the business stuff today, but at my core, you know, that's where I want AI is to help the human. Personally, I'm a, I'm a cancer survivor. And, you know, having been through that experience, I know that the treatments, they're pretty generic. They're getting better, but they're certainly not tailored to your age or medical history, this or that. AI, they're doing some really interesting things with AI to really create customized treatments down to the specific patient based on all those different factors to lead to the most positive outcomes. So that kind of stuff really excites me because it's, it's at its core, a very pure purpose because it is trying to make us better um, as humans.